everyone, welcome back to our podcast. We're so happy to have you with us today. And my name's Kate. I'm with Zach and Frank hosting with me today. And we're gonna be talking about Mary of Bethany. And so this is a woman in scripture that has meant a lot to us as a Kairos Global community. We have studied her and asked the Lord to make us more like her and really taken her lifestyle to heart or tried to anyway. And we just wanna go a little more into that today. Like who was she and what does that mean to live a Mary of Bethany lifestyle? As, as we look, look at scripture just in general, it's one thing to be impacted by a person or a story or, you know, we see a revelation of who God is and how we want to relate to him. But like, how do, as a community, we've been seeking, how do we flesh it out? How do we live it out? And in order to live out something, you have to understand it. Luke chapter 10 is the first interaction between Jesus and Mary of Bethany. And right before that, actually Jesus breaks down how to love your neighbor as yourself with the parable of the good samaritan and so after reading that you think like okay like that's amazing i i have an example of how to love my neighbor as myself but how do i love god and so we start seeing that in the breakdown of the life of mary of bethany right let's step Mm -hmm. into luke chapter 10 for a minute like let's focus on that one yeah jesus is in Mary and uh, Martha's home, and there's a conflict. Martha, she's trying to serve, she's trying to do things, and Mary's not helping her. She gets, you know, upset at at Mary, and then... What's Mary doing? She's just sitting and listening. She had to overcome a lot of expectations, a lot of barriers, just to simply sit at his feet. It wasn't just a simple thing, was it? Yeah, it it was not. Uh, The better you understand the time and the culture and the expectations she had with family, Mm. with the society or the culture, and also just her own mental barriers Mm. to overcome. So family is like, you know, she's a young lady, Mm -hmm. and so there's expectations that her family, I'm sure, had of like, you are to serve, you have a, a... I guess that is growing in popularity. And like having personally lived in Middle Eastern cultures, I understand that very well now. Like there's a huge obligation in hospitality culture. Serving your guests and making them feel welcome is paramount in those situations. Oh yeah, and it wasn't just her mother that was expecting her to help her and aunt, it was her sister. And so we see that like sisterly sibling tension between Mary and Martha where Martha's like, I'm serving and I've got everything going on and I'm trying to make this a good experience and nice for Jesus and the disciples, and my sister isn't helping. <laughs> Even Martha in that passage, it says, she she talks directly to Jesus and says, Jesus, do you even care? And it's like, oh gosh, <laughs> that's kind of intense. But it's also seeing Jesus's response there of like, he says, Martha, Martha. And actually, as I study and break it down more is, He's still addressing her in a loving way of like, Mm -hmm. Martha, yes, like serving is good, but there's something greater than just serving me. And how does Jesus finish that sentence? Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the good part. Yes. Mm -hmm. You are anxious about many things and all those things were valid concerns. Martha wasn't just doing nothing. She was facilitating this time of fellowship and mm-hmm. you know serving the disciples and Jesus, but she was anxious about it, and that's what defined her headspace at that moment. And Mary had chosen 
communion and just literally sitting at Jesus' feet, listening, watching, beholding. Which, stepping into the second one you mentioned, the societal uh, pressures or societal barrier, is that that looks foolish. And it was, yes. I mean, you know, recently I was just hearing a teaching on how, the, you know, and it made sense, like that was culturally unacceptable. Like to, to sit at the, rap, the, the feet of a rabbi, that was for disciples and disciples only. And those male. are men, male disciples. She had eyes only for Jesus in that moment. Right. Oh yeah, and when you think about just the life of Jesus, his ministry, and what he calls us to do, everything about him is countercultural. <laughs> when you really think about it and right. break it down, yeah, and I think there's something there that it's uncomfortable. No matter what cultural context, there's certain things that Jesus might act, that will ask us into, and that's I think intimacy with him. There's, there's tension. I gotta confess, my tendency is to be Martha. Like, I'm kind of that personality Same. of like, <laughs> I wanna do all the things and like, I'll get into a work groove and then I'll take on more and I'm doing everyday life and relationships. Zach and I lived overseas for a number of years uh, before now and you know, living there, I would get so caught up in the everyday life where it's like, okay, we've got times of communal prayer with our group we've got times of investing in the locals right. we've got language learning and studying the language and we've got trying to get you know drinkable water delivered to our apartment <laughs> that's like its own <laughs> difficult process and i would get so caught up in it and like wear myself into the ground and then be like oh like i've been doing this out of my own strength and i haven't taken time to sit with the lord and just behold him and let myself be recentered. And then it sounds like it shouldn't work, but even though there's less time to do the stuff, it becomes easier because now I'm yeah. not trying to do it on my strength, but I'm leaning on the Lord and letting him lead me in it. And it's like, oh, like I'm doing all the same things, mm -hmm. but I can actually bear it now. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those moments when you pull back, what did that look like? Did you have to actually physically retreat? Yeah, uh, before I had kids, it did look more like a physical pulling back in, but instead of like scrolling on my phone or watching something, I like put on some worship music and get out my Bible and I'm more intentional mm -hmm. with the time that I do have to, yeah, just sit and soak and ask the Lord like, what's on your mind today and just it's a dialogue yeah dialogue with him mm -hmm. yeah and like not try to fill it up with my busy thoughts of okay lord i need help with this today and that today and this person really made me angry <laughs> <laughs> and not bring like my to-do list to the lord yeah. but let him fill the space oh yeah yeah and even for me like i went through yeah basically got sick and got sent home from the mission field back in 2021. I was sick, I was burnt out, I was just a lot of a lot of things going on in my life during that time and and so I learned a lot of things the hard way but and it's all connected to honestly this back to am I connected to the life source? Yeah. Am, am I really um, doing things 
with him rather than just for him. Right. Um, and that's what the Lord's been teaching me the last couple years. Right. Is the difference of honestly servanthood to sonship right doing mm-hmm. things for the father like kind of at a distance type deal like versus doing things with him in a different level of intimacy because i can relate to martha so much as well because that's how i actually naturally related to my uh, earthly father mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. i i my my parents and stuff is i i would work hard in school do this and that and they'd be proud of me for right. you know getting good grades this and that right. and just and I realized, like, kind of got slapped in the face, uh, that that's actually what I was doing with with God, with Jesus, is I was trying to do all these things to make Him proud, make Him happy. Dude, I remember, you t- <laughs> I remember, like, I as you told me your story, I remember you talking about how as you're recovering, you just had like hours where you couldn't do anything, and that's where God basically started pulling your heart, and you could just behold Him. Like, how, what was that like? Like, what did that feel like? Was it really yeah. hard? Oh, yeah. It was like, very hard because basically my story is God extracted me from the mission field, extracted me from community, extracted me from, you know, even relationships and stuff like that. Right. To now all of a sudden I'm back home in my room alone. Like, what the heck, Lord? What am I doing <laughs> with my life? <laughs> yeah. Um, so literally he had to teach me what sitting at his feet is like and it's not just this laziness Mm -hmm. like sitting at his feet is really spending time with him dialoguing with him as if he's in the room sitting down with you yeah marriage and relationships and stuff like that like you're not going to have a great relationship if you don't spend time with them and talk with them (laughs) and uh but that's god's heart (laughs) is he wants (laughs) he wants all of our hearts yeah yeah and uh, not just parts of it yeah. And that also take it comes back to spending quality time with him. Yeah, I think that's a great example of that third barrier that Mary had to overcome, which was like personal mental barriers like okay, you had to t- like remind yourself I'm not doing nothing. I'm not <laughs> doing nothing. Like yeah. using this time to intentionally sit at the Lord's feet when everything else is stripped away and that's what you've got. Oh yeah. And not mm. letting, you know, whether it's voices like your own self or if it's outside voices say like, Frank, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and just having the confidence that yeah. Yeah. you're choosing the better part. For sure. And like, you know, go back to Jesus's own words like, oh yeah, this is the better part. Like this yeah. is good. There's a difference of knowing of Jesus versus actually knowing him or even just thinking of regular in-person relationships when right. you ask like hey do you know that person yeah i know of him or yeah, her i know about meaning that guy. like you know them at a arm's length a distance right but when you actually spend time with them dialogue with them that's when you act, get to actually know them and that's what I was starting to recognize too. Is I I knew of Jesus, obviously. Like, like I grew up in the church, this and that. Dude. But there's still yeah. that next step that you got to take. Um, that yeah, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. There's no shortcuts in in spending time with Jesus, no matter who we are. Dude, I grew up like learning scriptures and stuff like that, but I just knew about God. Mm. I knew about I could I could tell you scriptures about God but this whole time as the years went by I ended up just being very isolated 
mostly just due to my myself in own insecurities and just being empty and broken in ways that other people didn't know and like I had these things that I I knew to be true like I believe I'd studied like I said different religions at that point like I was pretty confident that what I believe is true but it wasn't doing anything to me it wasn't changing me and that's when I just literally got to the end of myself and started crying out to God and just word vomiting on God. Did you talk out loud? Yeah, I talk out loud. And that's what he was waiting for. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was waiting for me to trust that he would actually speak with me and he would, he would guide me. That's where everything changed. That's when the love of God jumped out of the page of the Bible and, and surrounded me and I began walking with the person of the Trinity and I felt peace and I saw things change. I saw rest, I saw um, renewal in my life. Everything changed after I started beholding God. And I started like taking the risk that, I, that if, I, if I laid everything out on the table for him and waited that he would, he had something to say and, and there was love in that. And so, yeah, it, that, that, that changed everything for me. How did you feel when you realized like, oh, this is having an effect. It was just joy. And, and I think at that, at that point, the results were secondary because mm-hmm. I was just so caught up in walking with a God that created me and was drawn to me and loved me. Did that make you want to do it more? Yeah. It was like, it was almost, I think all along I had been so caught up in like the things that I was struggling with when all along God just wanted my heart. Mm. And as that began to happen, the struggle became secondary and it was more just about enjoying God and he, as he was enjoying me. Mm. Yeah. It's like your hunger for it mm. begot more hunger. He never turns away a hungry heart. It actually kind of reminds me of another person in the Bible that we've discussed before. Uh, aside from Mary of Bethany, who took the risk of like just trying to be closer to Jesus instead right. of doing something that they should have been doing, and it's Zacchaeus. Yes, yeah, that's a passage that has uh, marked my heart, uh, along with a list of others. Uh, but this one, yeah, is about a guy named Zacchaeus, and he is a chief tax collector. He heard that Jesus was passing through, I believe it is, is the city of Jericho. And he's like, I got to see him. I, I want to hear him. And to the point where he gets up on a tree. So like everyone's probably seeing him. Everyone's trying to probably ignore him. Um, and then as Jesus is passing through, it feels like he wasn't even initially going to stop. Mm when it talks about that. He's just clearly blown through town. Everyone's there because they heard about him and yeah. just watching as, as he walks by. And, and, but what hit me is, is Jesus turns, looks at Zacchaeus, calls him by name, yeah. and says, I am going to your house tonight. Even bringing it to one quick scripture from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, This is Jesus speaking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Mm -hmm. And literally, 
this is what Jesus did <laughs> like, with Zacchaeus hey, and his other tax collector <laughs> friends. Yeah. And everyone in the crowd's like, what the heck is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's but, not eating with the Pharisees. He's not eating with disciples. Like, I don't know if they had relatives or fa- family in there. Yeah. He's singling out this guy that's, you know, so much stigma around him. Everyone hates him because of just that. I mean, there it was a lot of corruption. They made their money off literally skimming off the top of Roman taxes. Yeah. And so people hated, you know, these these people. And that's the person that God literally looks up. I'm eating yeah. with you tonight, bro. And yeah. That, and that would have been undignified for him too. A like person it, of his position. Yeah. Like he's like climbing up in the tree. I didn't think about that. Like he's oh, yeah. like it's kind of he's humiliating. probably dressed nice he's, still. Yeah. His regular he's clothes. willing to be shamed in public. Yeah. To to uh, get to see, get to hear Jesus, and 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 again, like as we continue in this passage, we see that that Zacchaeus had a hungry heart. Right. Jesus responds to a hungry heart. Yep. Um, and then a heart transformation in yeah. Zacchaeus' yes. heart, where I mean, it doesn't specifically say like if Jesus was technically like sharing a teaching in that moment, but at least in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus like first words to Jesus is like I'm I'm giving half my portions to the poor. Mm. I'm I'm you know anyone that I've wronged I'll give it back fourfold. It's like what's pretty radical. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. Makes but, you wonder if his wife was nearby and she's like what the heck are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's like that's the beauty of what a real encounter with Jesus Come does Come on. is shifting uh, someone that was on one path to a completely different path. And, um, and it's just so beautiful because Jesus responds to a hungry heart and, and pursues the least likely. In this case, this was one of the least likely in this passage, in this yeah. Yeah. Uh, community. 100%. But he never turns down a hungry heart. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's beautiful. And no. it it took action on Zacchaeus's part. It wasn't, like he yes. had to step into what the Lord wanted to do. Right. Yeah. There was he took a risk. He took a risk. There's the hunger, and then there's acting out of that hunger. Yeah. Or even just thinking about like regular human relations, like when you start falling in love with someone or whatever. You do just about anything for them. Yeah. Um, you want to tell everyone about them. Right. Um, but yeah, you start changing. Are we really not only spending time with him, but allowing him to change us, change our hearts yeah. to what the Christianese of to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's like part of that is better understanding who he is before we can even be more like him. Yep. So. It's not like the three easy steps, like how to be more like Jesus. <laughs> There's no easy hacks to become like Jesus. Yeah. You just got to spend the time, spend the time being with him. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think what we've experienced is like the more that we chose to spend time with him, uh, the more that actually was what transformed us. What I'm hearing uh, are... Our takeaway, like looking at the life of Mary of Bethany, looking at the life of Zacchaeus, and like our own personal experiences, it all like boils down to like not what we can do for the Lord, but just being with Him. Mm-hmm. That's what He 
values most. That's what he says to Mary and Martha is the better part. Right. But yes. that's not easy. And it, yeah. Which, oh yeah. And it, and it like leaves. I can, I can say it in twenty right. seconds and tie it up with a bow, and it sounds really good. But that's not easy to walk out. How, how mm-hmm. does it become like living and actually like how's it fleshed out? Are we willing to step out and take a risk? Well, that's the beautiful thing is we know he he will in exactly. some way louder than but others. But still, he'll speak exactly. And mm-hmm. like. Or he will bring us closer to him, or he will highlight a scripture that we've read fifty times and didn't so get anything out of it. So do we have the faith that he will? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and are we willing to inconvenience ourselves to get to that point? And to make the space for it, maybe not even physical space. Like maybe it's like mental space. Right? Oh yeah, because we get very distracted oh, with these devices. <laughs> So real. Even oh, yeah. during prayer time, yeah. get a text, get an email, get yeah. a phone call. Beautiful notification. <laughs> yes. Distracted. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so I think that's part of it is removing distractions, um, especially when you actually have like a set apart time right. to spend with the Lord. So like getting really practical here, like what's one way that you do that? Uh, turn on do not disturb on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> solid advice yeah and and but even for me i would say like that's one example but then also for me is really getting more rooted and grounded in the word and one example is going through the gospels matthew mark luke and john and really studying the life of jesus how he interacted with mary of bethany how he interacted with zacchaeus with his disciples and just so on and that i really feel like that's where I really get to know more who he is, his character, how he reacted, and how it's just way different than most of us. I have grown to appreciate the word more and more. I think there was a while where I just got kind of got burnt out in the scriptures because I had been just reading it without the relationship. Bring the Holy Spirit into the word, whether it's listening or reading, and talk with him. The person that literally inspired and breathed the scriptures is sitting at the table with you. Talk with him. It's, it's dialogue, it's, it's talking and listening. And, um, and it can look inc- like unconventional. It can, it can be like, you know, it's been a long day and you're just chilling in your, in your lawn chair outside and it's cool out and you're just looking at the stars and, and just talking with him. Like, or maybe you're busy, like. Yeah, I, I haven't had time to sit down with like a coffee in my Bible in a quiet space for a while because <laughs> I've got two toddlers to chase around now. And sometimes they're chasing me around too, so. Yeah, it's a lot keeping it's you in line. Lot, lot <laughs> but I just don't find myself with the time that I would want or had as a gift as a single person to do that. And so I've had to kind of rework how I can find time to behold him. And so like, honestly, for me, I try when I wake up in the morning to cries of mama, uh, to come get somebody out of bed. Like I try to take that first couple of minutes of my day just to like talk to the Lord, give the day to the Lord, um, give my emotions and my kids' emotions to the Lord (laughs) and try to, start us off on a good foot and um even now i'm like trying to get into the habit of we make breakfast first thing every morning because they're super hungry as soon as they get up and so i'm trying to get into a habit of like okay i'm gonna put on an audio bible while i'm fixing little plates 
because I have to do that anyway. Yeah. And I'm probably not going to have time to sit down with the actual like physical word. And so I'm going to let the smartphone work for me and pull out that and play an audio Bible so that I am getting reconnected and rerouted in the word. Yeah. And it doesn't have to look like that. It can look like a lot of little things, but I think in our like modern fast paced environment, the lot of us find ourselves in utilizing the little moments. Yeah. That's important. It honestly, it brings us back to that daily wrestle of choosing it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not like that yeah. one time, like, okay, I filled up. I'm good to go. Right. I know who Jesus mm-hmm. is. Uh, I, felt, I felt great. Holy Spirit, hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, got topped off. Yeah, it's not, uh, or even just like, I filled the tank last week. We should still be good today, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that daily wrestle of, do I want to meet with him today? Do I want yeah. to know him more today? What's stopping me from taking that risk mm-hmm. what's stopping me from making that space because every day it's going to be something else yep. yeah hmm. yeah even for me like one of my mentors in this season he even teaches that is to treat our prayer time treat our time with the lord like like he's a real person because he is but yeah. to actually treat it like that yeah it's really on us to really yeah try to set aside time and whatever that is however long or short that is because again like even me even being single like i can make myself busy oh. with many things whether it's good things or whether it's <laughs> like watching netflix or sports or yeah. or in this case fishing <laughs> um but i don't not fishing too hard bro yeah <laughs> but but seriously yeah it just it's we we all have to ask ourselves like how can i really like set aside however long or short time with him yeah how about i think as we just kind of tie things up let's pray like for for us and then all for y'all out there listening because it i think it takes knowledge it takes hunger but also takes just god's grace (laughs) for us to literally like step in this so as we as we wrap up frank you want to lead us in a prayer yeah dear heavenly father we just come before you today and we thank you we thank you for who you are we thank you that we can come before you through what your son Jesus did on the cross so Holy Spirit help us help us to become more like Jesus we need your grace to spend time with you daily in the midst of our busy schedules. Yeah. Help awaken us, awaken our hearts, that we will not be content, that we will continue growing in hunger. There's always more of you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be out in two weeks. 